Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Spesh. Hello. Derek, it's February. It, it is. It's it's a strange February. It's like it's uh, spring is coming. It's way early. Or, I don't know, maybe winter just never came. I, you know what? I don't know if it's going to be, like, nice and mild for part of it. Because when you, when, in the fall, you get the frost. Mm. And that heralds the colder weather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. And in spring, you get the frost again, but which heralds the warmer weather. Exactly. We've had frost all week. <laughs> get yes. up in the morning, and the, in the yep. wind, which would herald the warmer. I didn't know. I don't know what the groundhog saw. Uh, what did they say? They, they say they see saw his shadow, and there's going to be six more weeks of dreary weather. Is that what it was? Yeah. Okay. But I'm thinking half of me. Is saying, yeah, this is just going to continue on. Mm-hmm. But a part of me is saying, there's going to be one really wicked snowstorm come through. <laughs> one last winter hurrah. Well, they keep it's gonna saying be a that. Doozy. Yeah. <laughs> it's the kind of, I haven't even used. I I finally break <clears throat> down and buy a snow blower, and I've used it like three times I last know, right? year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I walk into my garage, I see this really nice snowblower, heavy-duty yeah. thing sitting there, not doing anything but being a paperweight. Well, the current weather systems that are that are hitting North America are just crazy. Like, the, the Alberta Clipper that came through Alberta, I remember Johnny Stinson posting, you know, he was like minus 40, minus 50 degree weather, and, mm-hmm. and then, you know, then a whole bunch of snow hit sort of depending on where you were in canada but like bc a bunch of ski hills are they're rainy and melty so much the ski hills are closing not whistler but the ones down uh down near vancouver and uh and like east coast or west coast um california the along that whole west coast there like they're just getting so much rain right now like they're saying that it's they're getting like two years of rain in a day or two right mm-hmm. which is crazy and like That's things are closing down yeah it's a lot of rain a whole lot of rain and uh like ontario is like meh and then, i'm thinking we're gonna get one wicked <laughs> storm before it's done well just the way the jet stream goes it curved around us and uh and it was and hit in the east coast like cape breton oh just uh, like 120 state centimeters. of emergency oh yeah yeah and like pei and the runs are coming in to help nova scotia and cape breton because they're just like 120 centimeters in some places right and um but on average i think they got between 50 and 80 centimeters for the most part and so it's just yeah it's uh <laughs> Well, I guess we can't. We shouldn't be complaining for our mom. We're going to get an entire winter's worth of snow in one fall. In one fall, <laughs> we'll call it a two dayer, not yeah. just a one day thing. <laughs> but it's all going to come in one yeah. go. It's going to be interesting if we do get snow, but I don't think we will. I, I think I think we're done for the year. We're <laughs> done. Yeah. You can't be done if you didn't start. <laughs> <laughs> well, because of the mild weather, like. Uh, uh, a, a buddy of mine, he uh, he's got his uh, cottage up. Uh, he lives it. It's his it's his home. Anyways, he's up near Algonquin Park, and uh, he said that uh, it's not really 
good camping snow in in the backcountry in Algonquin, yeah. just because it's it's there's a couple layers of crustiness on top of soft snow, and he said you're gonna break through in some spots and not break through in others, but it's only about a foot thick and like overall, and there's not a lot of snow depth, and uh, so and you can't really trust water water because it's we haven't had a really good freeze up, so you can't really cross any water. So I'm not sure we're going to go camping this uh, family day. I think you're still going to go. Yeah, yeah, we're going to go up to you again. And- we're thinking of like going up to Lake Nipissing and renting uh, one of those uh, ice huts for fish for ice fishing. Hmm. Mm. We'll see. Yeah. Because Nipissing. Yeah, I, I. Well, yeah. I don't know. I'm still leery when when you're getting like warm weather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm still leery about the ice. Yeah. Oh, well. I need to find a place to go paddling for, for February. So <laughs> Ah, yes. I got to yes. do my February paddle. And I'm, I'm looking at things. And I'm thinking, ooh, I'm going to, I got to do it like this weekend or the next weekend because yep. I'm booked for the following couple week, weekends. Yes, it's a busy month. Yeah. Yeah, with all the trade shows that are coming along. And, mm-hmm. and we got a less than a week and a half to the Toronto Outdoor Adventure Show and there's a lot of stuff going on coming up. Yeah, and then into March. It's a week? No, it's more than a week and a half. It's like two weeks. Is it? 24th, 25th of, of yeah. February. Yeah. Uh, one, two, yeah, two and a half weeks. Hmm. Don't do this to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's talk paddling anyway. Yes. If you are thinking about a summer canoe trip in Minnesota's North Country. Ah, yes. Reservations for trips into the Boundary Waters Canoe Area Wilderness are now open. And for anybody who is going to be doing any summer tripping, you know, that five-month window is now open for spring trips and so on and early season trips. So it's it's a good time to uh, hopefully people have their plans set. I don't plan. I uh, Usually do last minute. Ah, what's available. plannings for chumps. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Until I need one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, it's uh, anybody who's planning ahead. If you like, for example, boundary waters or any park system anywhere, is like uh, I'm not sure how they, how far ahead you can book in the states. I don't know because I don't book in the states. Yeah. So. But you know, just in case somebody from the U.S. is listening, we do. Have, well, we do have people listening from all over. You the world. You might want to check. Yes. Right? Check your lo- local rules for booking camping because now we're, we're getting into the the peak of uh, cabin fever season and people uh, are, you know, thinking about their future trips and what to do. And They're getting out their maps, yes. their books. And uh, anyone we, planning an overnight trip into the Boundary Waters between May 1st and September 30th, whether it's an, a canoe, motorboat, or a foot along hiking trails... It's required to obtain a quota permit. Quota? Quota. To quota. preserve the wilderness character of the boundary waters and to prevent overcrowding and damage to natural resources, U.S. Forest Service limits the number of people who can enter the boundary waters on any given day. It also disperses visitors by restricting the number of permits at it issues at different wilderness entry points. And they've reduced it this year, didn't mm-hmm. they? Hmm. Um, as a result, permits get snapped up quickly. 
especially popular entry points. Competition for permits grew even more intense when starting in 2022, Superior National Forest reduced the number of quota permits available by 13% Hmm. to address complaints about overcrowding and resource damage. Permits are available at uh, recreation.gov. Yeah, uh, they had to cut down 13%. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, just to limit how many people go in. Forest Service officials strongly encourage visitors not to book trips on multiple dates if they don't intend to use all the permits. Now, we had that issue, uh, sort of issue with Algonquin Park and stuff like that, where people were booking extra long trips because they wanted, they got that five-month window. So they'd book from now till, you know, like the end of July, knowing they only wanted that last week of July. Yeah. And then they would cancel the first oh, three weeks of July. I can see why people do it. I just hate it when they do that. Well, then you want people who wanted to book the first week of July but couldn't get it. Because somebody else Because is, somebody had booked yeah. it just so they could get the last week of July, mm-hmm. which is garbage. Uh, but they've, they've put uh, things they, in place where fixed you, it. Yeah. Outfitters say they see people booking prospective permits in January because they don't know exactly what dates they will be available later in the summer. Then later in the year, they either cancel the permits they don't want or simply fail to show up. 2022, the Superior National Forest reported that the number of cancellations and no-shows roughly doubled from previous years. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's, that's just crap i imagine some of them are legitimate some people become injured oh, or definitely. sick or whatever and so but still some of it is is uh just because people are trying to game the system yeah uh, we're seeing an uptick in people blocking out trips that they don't necessarily intend to use says kathy quinn acting wilderness program manager for the spirit national forest we just want to make sure people all have a chance to go and experience these wild places uh, so we just ask folks to only book what they think they're going to use and let other people have a chance. Because that's what's going to happen. You're, you're, you go and you look, well, everything's all booked. Yeah. So let's look elsewhere. And then you find out everybody cancels and mm-hmm. you could have gone where you actually wanted to go. Yeah. Uh, if visitors do have to cancel permit, Quinn in- encourages them to do it as far in advance as possible so others have an opportunity to use that permit and so that you can get a refund. Other reminders, group size is limited to nine people with no more than four watercraft. Visitors are also required to practice leave no trace etiquette and watch a series of videos before entering the wilderness. Superior National Force also publishes an extensive trip planning guide to assist visitors. So yeah, if you're looking over the boundary waters, you better get on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Now, if you're looking to go to the Grand Canyon rafting in 2025, yes, not yes. this year, yeah. next year. You're already too late for this year. Uh, the Grand Canyon National Park has started accepting applications for non-commercial river trip permits to raft the Colorado River for specific launch dates within the calendar year 2025. Total of 482 permits will be available for 12 to 25 day river trips. I don't know that I could go on a raft for 25 days. Well, you're not going to be on the raft for 25 days. You're going to be ashore at night. 
How do you know? <laughs> Unless something I, very I know bad that, goober. Unless <laughs> <laughs> something really bad happens. <laughs> Uh, eligible individuals may apply online at the weighted lottery website, grcariverpermits.nps.gov. Applications will be accepted online through noon Mountain Standard Time, Monday, February 26th. So get your name in there. Now, we talked about the, the, the weighted lotteries. So yes. Each year in February, a main lottery is held to assign launch dates for river trips occurring the next year. In addition to the annual main lottery, follow-up lotteries are held as needed throughout the remainder of the year to reassign canceled and or unassigned launch dates. Public notifications for these follow-up lotteries are made by email. The Weighted Lottery website can be accessed year-round to create or modify an account and to sign up to receive email notifications. What is the Weighted Lottery? Yeah, we uh, it was it was hard to pull that information out because yeah. they, they just talked about it so matter-of-factly. Oh, this is it. It's a weighted system. Well, what does that mean? Yeah, they said, here's how you do it and here's how you, yeah. you apply for it and here's... It, it replaced the wait list. Yeah. But what exactly is it? So I managed to find a 22-page document. And this In the was, deep, dark web. <laughs> it was squirreled away on page nine of that 22-page document, and the print was so tiny. He had to beat up a little old man <laughs> to get the information. <laughs> but anyways, when they talk about the weighted lottery system, they, uh, they sign points. And uh, so if you... To make it fair for people, and and so what, like you know, what if you win the lottery every year? What if you're just a lucky guy type thing? Well, then they they kind of weighed it out to uh, uh, to give people who haven't been on a trip recently high more points. So, for example, if if you hadn't been on a Colorado River trip in like five years or more, then uh, you'll you'll get five points. Most points you can get is five. So, if it's been five years or more, then you'll get five points and each point is like having your name put in a hat. So you get your name put in the hat five different times. So if you were on a trip last year, you get one point. You get one point. Right. You get one name in the hat and, and, and I, I still haven't, I still haven't fully wrapped my brain around the assigned launch dates, but it sounds like you don't have a lot of control or unless you go on a commercial trip. If you sign up for an outfitter yeah. and you say this is my available dates, yes, we'll get you. We have we have seats available for those dates. But if you're just in the lottery, let's say, yeah, I'm throw my name on that, and it's like, well, here's your chance. You get to go June 17th through June 29th. It's like. Wait a sec! I can't take vacation in June. <laughs> Too bad, so sad. Uh, it sounds just like the NHL uh, draft lottery. Draft lottery <laughs> is a weighted lottery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you if you really suck as a team, you get first pick. <laughs> <laughs> Do I still have that? Oh, I think I closed that website. The guy was talking about the weighted lottery, and he says. He got an email. Oh, yes. <laughs> and at 3.30 in the afternoon, and it said, you have to pay your deposit if you're accepting this. It says, congratulations, you won. Congratulations. A, a Grand your Canyon name was drawn. Launch. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to pay $400 before noon the following day. <laughs> so less than 24 hours. Yeah. And he says, seriously, what if I was on a backpack trip 
where yeah, it, I wasn't I'm deep in the woods. Re- I have no signal. What if I was working a 24-hour shift? What if I was taking a really long poop? <laughs> <laughs> I would miss my opportunity. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he gets you get the email and you have yeah. like like 24 hours or whatever to pay your deposit to say, "Okay, yeah, I want it." Otherwise, yeah. It it goes into like you say, the secondary email. They uh, should they, lottery. They, maybe his was unusual. Maybe there was a cancellation, and and so they drew some names to uh, see who could fit into that cancellation. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. Anyway, so that that was that one. But that was a down payment. That her. That, that was, was just, the deposit. That wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't saying, "Hey, your trip is in twenty four hours." Like Whoa. no, no, that's just a deposit. <laughs> that was a deposit. That was committing. You, yeah. You're going to pay your deposit to commit to the trip. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, if you don't come, then you just lost 400 bucks. Yes. Individuals must be 18 years or older to apply for a river trip permit. Non-commercial river trips must be self-guided. Technical whitewater experience is mandatory on each trip. Individuals may participate on a maximum of one recreational river trip per year, commercial or non-commercial. So you can't go on a guided trip of the Grand Canyon get to the end, drive to the other side to join a non-commercial. So... Like, you can't go with your buddies. Now, I'm curious about that because, like... I'm going to have to do more reading, but... uh, If you... If your name is drawn, you get to go on a trip, does that mean your group has won? What if you... what What if Burt Reynolds wanted to do the Colorado River... The Grand Canyon, and uh, so we th- we throw our name in the hat. Do we apply as a group to be self guided, or it, each of us individually? Like we, we're going as a group. Well, I think if you all put your names in one name, in the hope that yeah. one of you is win, yeah. and then if if a couple of you is win, then you know just one person accepts. The rest, you yeah, go, okay, they well. they're not really clear. The, what yeah. the, the, the rules what if all are- twenty nine of you is win. <laughs> Or, or what if one guy had been on a trip last year, the rest of you had never been on a Colorado trip, one drawing, you got one buddy in your group that went last year. It's like, ah! No, I don't, I don't think, <laughs> I think that, that comes down to the lottery. Yeah. Well, right? I, there, it's, it's, it's hard to pull some of this information from that tiny little document. With Give that the, little uh, old man another beating. It's like I'm trying to read the newspaper from the second floor. It's like, <laughs> hey, turn the page. <laughs> Um, individuals interested in professionally guided river trips should not apply through the lottery, but instead request space on a commercial trip. Yeah. So if you want to go to the Grand Canyon next year, not 2025, year, 2025, apply now, apply now, get your applications in now. So we talked about, uh, kayaks being um practical yeah and you look at all the stuff out there you're thinking eh some of it's not practical some of it is for most people i don't think these would be practical but for people who still like to get out on the water but need a little bit of help uh, yeah. as an accessibility tool um if you got a bad ticker and you don't want to overexert, overexert yourself, yourself or if you're re- really extremely lazy. There's a list of six of the, they call the best or the top, motorized paddle boards in 2024. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some, finding the perfect motorized paddle board can you know, transform a good day 
on the waves into an absolutely exhilarating experience. <laughs> Whether you're gliding through serene lakes or tackling ocean swells, the right paddleboard makes all the difference. So with so many options in 2024, here are six of the best motorized paddleboards. Number one, the Boost Surfing's Boost Fin. Now, this isn't the actual paddleboard yeah. itself. You this can, is just a gadget that stucks to the bottom. Yeah, so you could use a surfboard, a paddleboard. You could put it on a kayak or something. Right. Innovative gadget transform your ordinary paddleboard into a motorized paddleboard for $500 US or $675 Canadian. Offers an affordable ticket to the electrifying boarding experience. Imagine the thrill of harnessing the power of 15 rowers. <laughs> cruising at a breezy 10 miles per hour all thanks to its impressive 20 pounds of thrust now I have to convert 10 miles and that yeah that? convert that what's that uh, times 1.7 something like that or divide by 1.7 I can never remember boost fin is a marvel in ease and compatibility effortlessly attaching to almost any paddleboard or kayak User-friendly design includes a two-button wristband controller, <laughs> a handy phone app, making your ride smooth and adjustable. With a robust 800-watt motor, it promises a gentle start perfect for beginners and provides up to 100 minutes of cruising joy. Hmm. Uh, its installation is as easy as a walk to the beach. Taking just five minutes, weighing a mere 2.7 pounds, it's a lightweight powerhouse. Out of all of these, I'll say right now, without even talking about the rest of them, yeah. if I was going to get one, it'd probably be this. Well, yeah, because you can use it on many. You can stick it and on a Vladimir canoe or yeah. a kayak or whatever. Yeah. Or crazy glue it to your stomach so you can just swim really fast. Oh, now you're just teasing. <laughs> <laughs> ten, 10 miles per hour. Yeah. Well, my phone, I said, I told it to convert it. It says it's 2.78 meters per second. It's like, you're not helping. <laughs> your, your phone and your computer are just not being nice to you today. So it's... um. 36 kilometers an hour. Okay, so... <laughs> That's pretty good. That's actually pretty good. <laughs> What's that in light speed? <laughs> Let me see what options they have. Oh, I can do it in knots. That's uh, 19.4 knots. Excellent. <laughs> um, 10 miles. How many kilometers did it say? It said uh, kilometers an hour is 36. No, 10 mile. Oh, 10 mile. Oh, yeah, I guess. Oh, wait. No, this is. Yeah. This is all. 10 miles, 16.09 kilometers. 16 kilometers an hour. 16. Right? So 10 miles per hour. Th this. Google has failed me miserably. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> it, it, it had originally been in, uh, in feet per second <laughs> or something. I don't know. Miles an hour. 10 miles an hour is 16 kilometers an hour. That's not too bad. That's uh, four times walking speed. Right? Yeah. Well, unless you walk really, really fast, then it's only half. Uh, average walking speed is four kilometers an hour. Is it really? Yeah. That's what you calculate for portages. Four kilometers. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, I guess you're right. 
Number I two. I guess you're right. I guess you're right. I will give you this win, Derek, this one time. This one time, Derek. Okay, here. Let me get my little <laughs> journal out and write in this journal. Dear Diary. Derek may have been correct. Dear Diary. <laughs> may have been correct. <laughs> Jury will get back to us on this one. <laughs> uh, number two, this tip of smart. 1450 US or 19... 19- 155 Canadian. Sipa Smart is a trailblazer in the motorized stand-up paddleboard world. 12-foot tourer drive is a testament to innovation crafted for coastal waters and rivers. And see, that's what you would want. You'd want something that's more than just uh, like inland lakes and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It stands out with its dual-purpose electric drive motor serving both as a propulsion system and an automatic pump. Adding unmatched convenience to your paddling experience. We've talked about this one before with this dual um, purpose drive. Yeah. Equipped with three-speed three gears, the Sipa Smart ensures a smooth ride tailored to your pace. The remote control snugly fitting over your paddle allows you to effortlessly adjust the speed. Even for beginners, the intuitive app makes the inflation process a breeze. Its long battery life is a major plus, and the fact that it can inflate itself is another plus. However, the dreaded however, not without its quirks, the maximum speed setting can be quite noisy, and the absence of a center grab handle is notable. How fast is this going that you need that grab handle? <laughs> it's, 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 it's when it takes off from the stop. It's acceleration. Uh, though the shoulder strap compensates for it, the built-in pump while handy max is out at 14.1 PSI, lacks a deflation feature. Despite these minor drawbacks, the Sipa Smart remains a solid choice for a touring board, motorized or not. Hmm. And that's the thing is these board ones with the motors can be used without the motors. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. All of these boards, like except for the first one, the Boost, the uh, all of them are like, they're they're just have a battery pocket and a a jet propulsion propulsion system. But otherwise, it's a stand-up paddleboard. Yeah. Uh, The Joby Iduna. One of the latest innovations in electric water boards, the Iduna makes water exploration on a paddleboard more accessible and enjoyable than ever. 1,455 US or 1,960, which is comparable to the Sipa Smart. Yes. With his integrated electric motor, which also doubles as a pump, the Iduna achieves speeds of up to 3.1 miles per hour. So... A little bit slower than... That's walking speed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not very fast. It can maintain this pace for an extended duration of up to three hours. Well, that's good. Allowing for prolonged adventures on the water. Yeah, like and a three-hour tour. Right, and for three hours, if you're out paddling and you get tired, yeah, then this will help you get back, right? Ideal for both beginners and experienced paddlers, the dual 8-inch Easy-Lock fins contribute to its lightweight design, making it an easy-to-carry... Uh, this board is perfect for those seeking additional support while touring or battling strong headwinds. Despite its many virtues, the Iduna does come with a few drawbacks, as they do. Its premium, premium pricing may be a con, uh, consideration for some, but it's one of the cheaper ones, so I would say not. 
Um, its top speed is relatively modest compared to other motorized paddle boards. That would be the thing for me. If I'm going to put a motor on something, mm-hmm. that baby better be humming. <laughs> I better be towing somebody I want my, on water skis. I want the wind to pull my hair off right? my head. My eyes peel open. <laughs> Additionally, the lengthy eight-hour battery charging time might be a deterrent for those seeking quick turnaround times. Yeah. However, these factors are balanced in its durable construction, three-year warranty, and a host of accessories that enhance its overall value and appeal. Hmm. Unlike everything else, you just gotta yeah look at where you're going to use it, what you're going to use it for. I think it'd be fun and entertaining. There's a few more here, but yeah. like one that's not on the list, which I've looked at in the past, and it's the price that pushed me away. But it was uh, it's a it's like a stand it's a solid board stand up paddle board type thing, but it's got a hydrofoil underneath, mm. and these things go like. 40 kilometers an hour, 50 kilometers an hour. That'll do it. Yes. How much? Yeah. <laughs> if you have to ask. You can't afford it. <laughs> it's about 14000 Really? That's <laughs> yeah. it? U.S. I'll take two. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? But they're really needed, and they've got a really... And I've seen a lot of people use them over the last couple of years. It came out about five or six years ago. And uh, it's just like, oh, man, I need to win the lottery. <laughs> See, that's the kind of thing. You go out in the lake with people. Yeah. And someone says, you want to race? <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> and you start off. And when they look back and they see how far back you are because you're not paddling. <laughs> and they're laughing. Then all of a sudden you turn it on. <laughs> <laughs> When it gets right on by them, when it gets up on its foil, it's just a little fin under the water, right? Yeah. With the motor at the at the very base, like you're about, and you're averaging between one and two feet. The board is above the water, the water line. Yeah, you're just cruising on this little foil. <laughs> and as you pass your buddy trying to race you, you slap him in the back of the head <laughs> with the paddle. Yeah, <laughs> clunk. Just hammer him in the back with your hand where you got a sunburn. Yeah, a nice hand mark there. <laughs> uh, the next one on our list is the Onean Manta. $5,000. The platinum level. Or 6740 Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. When somebody says 5000 no, I'm buying a canoe. <laughs> oh, exactly. I, yeah. I'm spending five grand on a new lightweight yeah. canoe. Uh, the Onean Manta offers an unrivaled blend of stability, power, and family friendly design. Branded as ideal for those who revel in tranquility and long excursions, stands out as a top choice for any level of paddleboarder. Its wide shape ensures excellent stability, making it a sturdy option on the water. Capable of reaching speeds of up to 10 miles per hour. Which is what? Do you, do you want to convert that again to 500 <laughs> kilometers an hour or something? 16. Uh, Offering an impressive of six hours of battery life. Oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. It redefines the standards for long-lasting aquatic adventures. While its larger dimensions make it perfect for family outings or group travels, offering unmatched stability, this also means a slight trade-off in speed. So if it was not as wide, it could maybe go 12, 13, 15 miles per hour. <laughs> yes. The wider, longer shape, while ideal for multiple riders, renders it less maneuverable. Complete with a battery, charger, remote charger, and a paddle. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Five grand? That's a lot. It's pretty steep. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and yeah. there's a, there's a lot of these other ones that we've already talked about, and we're not even done the list yet. Like the the this one is like unreasonably higher priced. Yeah, they all have a very specific range of price, and then this one is like way outside. Yeah, somebody goofed their marketing or something. I know. Maybe it comes lined with gold or something. Yeah, and I was gonna say, hey, or maybe well, it comes with somebody that paddles it for you. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Uh, number five, the Torque E-Paddle. Torque E-Paddle iSup skillfully blends luxury with ecological sensibility. As a product from a brand renowned for jet boards and electric surfboards, this board transforms the traditional inflatable paddle board into a family-friendly electric marvel. Reaches up to 11 miles per hour, <laughs> so you're just going to beat that guy. Yeah, the $5,000 guy. Right. With three speed modes and produces a generous five-hour battery life. Oh, he's got you there. One hour less than the 5,000. It reaches up to 10 or 11 with the three. A generous five-hour battery life. Ideal for those extended water explorations. Crafted from robust materials, the Torque E-Paddle maintains a rigid and sturdy form when inflated thanks to drop-stitch reinforcement technology. Its inboard jet drive system, centrally located, offers smooth and efficient propulsion. Unique to this board is the ability to control the jet via a smartphone or a Torx smartwatch. So if I got your password to that app, <laughs> you're on a nice, friendly little tour. Way. And then all of a sudden, oh, the fun is just... Who's... who's, who's- Who's going to use their smartphone phone out on a stand-up paddleboard? Just to take pictures. Like, I don't know well, that I'd pull it out at watch, all. watch, right? Maybe yeah. a watch, but uh, the phone, uh, uh, nobody's going to be wanting to pull that out to control. Well, they, uh, the Torque smartwatch. Yeah. Not like your Apple Watch or something. The Torque smartwatch. But who's going to want to carry their phone in their hand to control the device, right? right. I'm going to lose my phone. Because you know that's going to happen, too. Yes. Um, despite its substantial battery weight, it's surprisingly portable. Rolling up compactly and coming with a versatile bag, the board supports up to 325 pounds, making it suitable for two people. Nah, get your own board. Includes an inbuilt bungee system for storing belongings. This makes the Torque E-Paddle ISUP an ideal choice for all skill levels, from beginners to advanced paddlers seeking an upgrade. So with all the, the tie-down bungee system, that would be great for if you want to do trips. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So the last one, uh, another SIPA Drive one, the SIPA Drive 1.0 All-Rounder. 2,530 or 3,410 Canadian. Uh, a standout choice. It's designed for vis- versatility, constructed from high-quality MSL material capable of supporting up to 140 kilograms. Uh, this robust build makes it suitable not just for solo adventurers, but also for those wanting to paddle with a companion, pet, or additional gear. Sipa Drive 1.0 All-Rounder shines with its 144 uh, watts per hour battery, providing up to three hours of continuous ride time. So three to six hours seems to be the yeah average, right? And and there, there's there's no real consistency between them all with mm. um, with hours and 
cost and so I, i'm just curious like it, well the previous well what was it the torque the torque yeah it talks about a substantial battery weight. If they have to mention the weight of the battery, then it's, is it just unexpectedly heavy? Maybe. The durability makes this, uh, the all-rounder, perfect for both leisurely cruises and more intense surf sessions. Night riders will appreciate the equipped LED lights adding safety and a cool factor to evening excursions. Where are you going in the evening? Out for a little local paddle <laughs> around I, Toronto Harbor. I oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right? You might want to get run over by one of the harbor taxis or something, right? Or one of the big party boats. Yeah, yeah. Right? Built uh, Boats built in compressor ensures easy inflation. The snakeskin EVA foam offers comfortable grip during rides. These features combine to make the SipaDrive 1.0 all-rounder a versatile, versatile, robust, and user-friendly electric waterboard, suitable for a wide range of paddling enthusiasts. Mm -hmm. So those are the six. Uh, Anywhere from like the $500 slap onto your existing board uh, up to, uh, I'm not even going to go with the $5,000 one. So $2,500. Anywhere from $500 to $2,500. Hmm. Selecting the best motorized paddleboard is essential for a fulfilling, fulfilling experience on the water. When choosing, consider your skill level, the typical water conditions you'll count. Yeah, because if you're living on Lake Ontario, you don't need something for the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, typical water conditions you'll encounter, the specific features that suit your needs, whether you're a beginner or a seasoned paddler, the right motorized paddleboard can transform your water adventures, offering a unique blend of relaxation, excitement, and exploration. So which board will you choose to embark on your next aquatic journey? <laughs> yeah, I think out of all of them, I would just get the slap-on motor. Exactly, yeah, because you can attach it to other stuff. Yeah. So, And, you know, this is not typically something we would normally... No, but it, this is for, like I say, I was, I'm, it's interesting. It's different. You know, it's, you keep like complaining a... you're getting older. <laughs> so, you know, like <laughs> 10 years from now when you want to go out for yep. the day yep. and you can throw something on the bottom of a, a stand-up paddle board <laughs> so you can go paddle for five hours and go, oh, I forgot how far it is. <laughs> and then you just flip that bad boy on and come back. Reminds me of uh, when we're at uh, Complete Paddler. Was that, I think, yeah, it was Columbia Paddler. And they had the family stand-up paddle board there on display. Oh, the big red it one, was, yeah. It was like eight feet long, six feet wide. It's right? Like, so It's like a raft. <laughs> so you could get that first one for 500 bucks, get two of them, get them in a pair. Right? So then you could like... You could just have like uh, get a couple lawn chairs out there on it, and <laughs> doodly, 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 right on down the lake, buddy. <laughs> Yeehaw! <laughs> so, talking about first world, second world, all that sort of deal. Yeah, you know, oh, that's a first world problem. That sort of thing. I came across this article uh, from Ghana. Talking about boats and canoes. Now here, North America, we want lighter weight canoes. Yes. So anything we can get lighter weight, or I would love to have a nice wood cedar strip boat. Yes. Right? It would be amazing. That'd be awesome. That's our thoughts. I want a nice cedar stripper, 
and I want the lightest weight portaging boat yep. I can get. I don't want to be hauling around a hundred pound fiberglass canoe. Those days are long gone mm-hmm. for me. hundred percent. Those are our problems. Mm-hmm. Fiberglass canoes and boats are known to represent superior long-term benefits in comparison to wooden ones. This includes better durability and low maintenance cost. Full on because the yeah, wood yeah, yeah. versus the fiberglass. Yeah. In an era where environmentally sustainable sustainability is rife, opting for fiberglass in the construction will mean less dependence on the country's tree resources. Hmm. This is the argument of two naval architects and academics who have proposed that government introduces a policy that would encourage demand in fiberglass for the mass production of boats and canoes in Ghana. Totally different. Like, no, get rid of the wood canoes. Yeah, yeah. Let's go with the fiberglass ones. But down there, you can see why they they want this to happen. Oh, absolutely. And right? chances are they're not doing a lot of portaging and whatever. It's uh, a lot of coastal, like yeah. uh, like it's, I say coastal, I use the wrong word. But it's, it's maybe, you know, depending on, like, we do a lot of portaging. It's just the nature of yeah. Canadian waterways, rivers and, and lakes and so on. So maybe they're not doing a lot of portaging. Or maybe they're just stronger than us. Maybe. <laughs> Dr. Vindex Dome and doc, uh, Mr. George Obang of the Regional Maritime University have presented this proposition. They say, although not limited to fiberglass boats and canoes, they can serve the fisheries, cargo transportation, and recreational sectors. According to the graduate assistant and naval architect George Obang, the government of Ghana could follow the cue of other countries by banning the felling of trees for the protect- uh, production of marine craft in order to create demand for fiberglass. When you go to Asia, they have stopped the felling of trees because of this policy. If you go to the Ivory Coast, they have policies governing the cutting of trees. So the country will also need to come up with policies that would minimize the use of wood so they can turn to the use of fiberglass. Like I say, totally different than than what we, we do. Well, we have a surplus of wood, and we we can quickly we do reseed and replant a lot mm-hmm. of our trees. But not all countries have that capability. Right. Or, and you know, growing times, a lot of our a lot of the woods we use like grow pretty quick. And differences in woods as well. Yes, uh, he says the capacity for the production of fiberglass boats and canoes have already exists in the country, having participated in the design and production of some boats for the Ghana Navy and Ghana Health Service. The naval architect said it is important for local manufacturers like himself to be trusted and empowered for the production of fiberglass canoes and boats to meet local needs and specifications. Says most of the ones that are imported, because they don't know our terrain, they do not put certain things in it. But because we know our terrain, we put all those things in there, especially safety equipment such as a searchlight echo sounder, GPS for navigation, VHF for communication. All these were put in the boats to suit what people want. Despite acknowledging that the price of fiberglass boats and canoes at the point of purchase cost more than wooden ones, Dr. Dome says the more savings are made in the long-term use of fiberglass. Yeah, you get 
decades and decades yeah. of use out of fiberglass. As a first-time cost, it's expensive, but we shouldn't dwell much on the first-time cost because we can compensate with about 50 years duration lifespan before doing major maintenance work. Uh, depends on how you treat it, too. Exactly, where it's stored, how yeah. you treat it. So as for the cost, it is expensive, but in terms of durability, while the wooden ones have a lifespan of about 10 years, and with that, you need to do major maintenance. Fiberglass boats give you 50 years plus, so it is a good investment. Uh, Mr. Obang added that so far as price is concerned, customers will be treated on a case-by-case basis specific to what they want. So just go in and custom order. But so far as price is concerned, customers are treated on a case-by-case basis. There's no set price. Right. <laughs> I don't like you. <laughs> when you walk through the door, if I don't like you, <laughs> double the price. <laughs> yeah, charge that guy four times as much. <laughs> in view of how capital in intensive both the production and purchase of fiberglass boats and canoes are, the naval architects appeal to government funding agencies and private investigators to collaborate and support the greenfield industry. This, according to them, could be in the form of a special funding arrangement for producers and end users. Hmm. Hmm. Academics uh, commended the GPHA-led initiative to provide 20 eco-friendly fiberglass canoes to some fishing communities as part of the Fish Landing Sites Project. Dr. Domey also disclosed that the Regional Maritime University will soon begin a Bachelor of Science Naval Architecture program in collaboration with Dubai-based company. He said the company will come in with their expertise and facilities to assist staff and students in their practical studies. Mr. Domey and Mr. George, sorry, Dr. Domey and Mr. George Obang believe that when supported, the fiberglass production industry can become one that can promote Ghana's maritime sector while providing employment opportunities for the nation's teeming youth. There you go. So, I, I, like I say, I was just reading that. I'm thinking that yep. is so opposite of know, what we're trying is, to, yeah. you know, as, as canoe trippers. Like I don't want a fiberglass boat. I want a, yeah, I'd want heavy to the wood strip canoe. Doesn't have a, yeah nicer it, and. Head more, that sort yeah, of thing. Exactly. It or just feels good and just to just to paddle it. Lightweight Kevlar. Yeah. That sort of stuff. Yeah. Right? Like if somebody says, Yeah, I'm gonna get you a, a deal on a really good fiberglass canoe. What you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks, I'll walk. <laughs> uh anyway, I just thought that was a, a bit interesting just to like I say First world problems, second world problems, mm. different mindsets, different, um, you know, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Way things are yeah. down there versus here. And Anyway, I thought that was neat. It is. Uh, when we go out paddling, it's not all work. Uh, we do have a lot of fun and games and joking around it. and why we do it. Uh, when we were did our five day uh, five Great Lakes in a day, when we were on uh, <laughs> Michigan there, yeah. um, some big waves. We had a bit of uh, fun doing that and goofing around, joking around. So many roadkill deer. Yeah. So canoe surfing, and particularly uh, in an outrigger, is an ancient Polynesian tradition. 
The plastic cookie-cutter kayaks you find at Costco and lining the beach at Sandals Resorts, those are not in accordance with the rich history of sit-down surfing, nor are they designed to catch waves, let alone waves of substantial magnitude. (laughs) Apparently, these two dudes did not get the memo. (laughs) Kelson Lau and Reef Toscano, two Maui surfers and experienced watermen who decided to take one of the plastic, awkward, uncomfortable, non-ergonomically designed two-person kayaks out on a massive day uh, at Ho'okipa. Per their claim, it was the biggest wave ever surfed on a two-man kayak. Maybe there's no other entries in that extreme niche field of the world records to actually challenge their claims, so they did it. Or nobody else survived and told the story. Right. Uh, In terms of big wave surfing, in an outrigger canoe, there is some competition, not officially, uh, but back in 1980, a handful of watermen had a go at the title at an outer reef in Oahu. Surf historian Matt uh, Warshaw tells the tale that in 1980, Hawaiian canoeist Tommy Holmes organized Project Avalanche, an attempt by three veteran canoe surfers, Tommy Holmes being one of them, to paddle into a 20-foot wave (laughs) at a Hawaiian break called Avalanche on the north shore of Oahu. The team caught two 20-foot waves, wiped out spectacularly <laughs> on both. If you're going to do it, yeah. do it with pizzazz, Make a show of it. Right? But earned coverage in both Surfer and Surfing Magazine. <laughs> as, for Kelson, this guy. as for Kelson and Reef, I wonder what the ancient Polynesians would think. It was, of course, somewhat in jest. After the session, the duo said... It was a good day. We definitely made an impact on the whole Okipa surfing life. Yes, an impact is right. We there, watched the video. <laughs> we watched the video. There was lots of, what is this? Um, Reef got tossed 10 feet in the air at the top of that one wave. And I was still in the boat for another couple of seconds. There, There is a video of it. Uh, like I said, they're just out there having fun in a kayak yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. caught these big waves and, and whatnot. They got hammered. You should have seen the damage done to that thing, though. Oh, yeah. Cracks, yeah. big and it dents. it was roto-molded uh, two-person sit-on-top kayak. And, yeah. And, and it's like, wow, these things are supposed to be bulletproof, but not, <laughs> not, if, you, <laughs> <yeah>. not <laughs> if you treat them like that. There, there is a video, a little video. I'll, I'll post that up on our uh, social media there so people can take a peek. But, yeah, it was a bit... Uh, a bit funny. Um, do we got anything else? No, the only thing else we have this week is just to remind everybody about... Oops, I'm just knocking beer cans over. <laughs> what did we drink? Vel, Velko Popovicki. Yeah, I don't know how to say that. Kozel. 1874. These are these are like back from December when I, when I did the European tour and I bought a bunch of German and Polish beers and stuff. That's so. a light beer though. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was a good one, though. It was fantastic. So yeah. we're, obviously, dry January is over, and we're... Whoop, whoop. I, I We can drink, or I can drink uh, normal beer again. I was just supporting you along the way. And I appreciate And your that. bad choices. <laughs> I am there to support your bad choices, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're still, we have a few leftover, uh, at the house, we have a few leftover non-alcoholic beers. We're, I actually kind of got used to them. They're not too bad. 
Well, in the first 15 yeah. kill your taste buds. What's, <laughs> exactly. What's exactly. to taste? <laughs> acquired taste. Everything's an acquired taste. It is an acquired taste. I, I've never been able to, uh, I, I've never learned to like bourbon. Really? Yeah. I think I got a bottle over there. I hear people, you know, they, they love their bourbon, but I don't know. I'll drink my beer. Yeah, uh, you know what? There's a, there's a few things. I mean, I'm in the all the absence there as, mm-hmm. as well, and you know, scotch, yep, whiskeys, yep, yep, stuff like that. I do like scotch. But, um, yeah, but people said, yeah, some of the other stuff, yeah, I'll drink rum and stuff like that, but it, it's not my go-to. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. It'll probably yeah. evaporate before I <laughs> figure out a whole bottle of it. Oh, well, my my fake whiskey that I still got at the house. That's uh, that's evaporating. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, cook with it. Maybe I should try that. Right? There you go. Well, there's no alcohol. Because I get Cointreau, mm-hmm. and what I'll do is I'll make some rice, yep. like steam some rice or something, and then I'll put it in a pan after, and I'll, I'll fry up some um, shrimp, yep. right? And then I'll put the rice and mix it all up, and then I pour some Cointreau in and set it on fire. Mm-hmm. Cointreau, that has that orange, orange taste. Rind yeah. Or, yeah. So when you actually get it, it burns off the alcohol, but it leaves the rice shrimp dish with this nice orangey hint oh. of orange flavor. Yeah. So garlic, butter, orange, nice. shrimp, rice. That sounds really appealing. Good. And cherries jubilee. I, all I'm saying is if there's alcohol that you can set on fire and not burn your house down, <laughs> give yeah. her a go. That's that's my theory. <laughs> that's, that's the moral of this story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like I say, sh- uh, so show season starts the end of this month. In two and a half weeks. Yes. February 23rd to 25th, Toronto Outdoor Adventure Show. Uh, Toronto International Center, outdooradventuresshow.ca for more info. I will be there Saturday and Sunday. Are you presenting both uh, days or just nope, Sunday? just Sunday at noon on the uh, Adventures and Paddling stage. Um, following the incomplete Paddler's Canoe Route. And then the same weekend, February, the Saturday, February 24th, the Wilderness and Canoe Symposium is at York University. So yeah. if you're coming to town and you want to kill two birds with one stone, check out uh, both. Saturday, March 2nd, Quiet Adventure Symposium in East Lansing, Michigan. One of our favorites. Actually, it's probably my favorite of the year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we're going down to, to uh, East, East Lansing, Michigan. We'll be there. We'll have our booth. We'll be recording while we're there. And uh, quietadventures.org for more info. Get your ticket. And don't forget, there's the rabbit half. Got to go. I'm going to buy some rabbit stuff this year, like socks <laughs> or something. Yeah. I'm going to talk to them. And say, listen, how good is this stuff for winter camping and stuff? And then I'm going to go, when I go winter camping next next year, I'm going to take some of the rabbit stuff yeah. and try it out. And if it's really warm, I'm going to go back next year and buy more. If it isn't really warm, I'm going to go buy next year and return it. <laughs> Told me these would keep my feet warm. You BSed me. I froze and lost three toes. I want my five bucks back. That's how much my toes are worth. Uh, March 10th to 8th, Canoe Copia, Madison, Wisconsin, the Alliant Energy Center. You can zip through and see tons of boats and paddling gear and stuff uh, and listen to like a hundred different presentations. That's where the real gold is at that show, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I mean, you go and see all this stuff, but 
listening to all the different presentations, you need to get your hands on on the uh, the program and make your your schedule. Of, you got to plan it. You, you, gotta you plan really it. Yeah. do have to plan it. Yeah. They have so many different speakers. Uh, uh, that's that's I think where the gold is yeah. at that presentation. Plan it or, or at that uh, geographically show. plan it because you can't be running from one side of the 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 event to the other just not enough time. Oh, trust me, yes you can. It's like going, for- <laughs> <laughs> but do you want to? <laughs> when you're running down that main hallway yelling, make a hole, <laughs> coming through. <laughs> Uh, Tuesday, March 12th, Paddling Film Festival. We've already sold the third of the tickets, and they've only been on sale, what, less than a month? Yeah. Um, yeah, Drums and Flats and Ajax. Uh, it's on our social media. Um, doors open at 630. We got, we got the, the... The literature. The literature already that tells the program what the films are. We just haven't seen the films yet. They'll yeah. Come in. So we get, we get to see all the films and decide which ones that are going to show. Yeah. We get to see them all. We get to see them all. And then we show you the really bad ones <laughs> and tell you about the good ones you missed out on. <laughs> we pick – It's they're, they're all very good, but we pick what fits our – the kind of program we want to put yeah. on. Yeah. Forget the rest of you. We don't care what you want to see. <laughs> now we we take a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Yeah. And some of the nothing, you know, we try to make it interesting to all types of paddlers. So, yeah, come to Drums and Flats. Uh, watch the films. Grab yourself some beverages and food and with your, your fellow paddlers and uh, chit-chat about the films and stuff. Hmm. April 20th to 21st is the Ottawa Outdoor and Adventure Travel Show at the Nepean Sports Plex in Nepean, Ontario, AdventureOttawa.ca for more info. That's a good one to go to. It's um, It dwindled off a little bit, but it's trying to make a big comeback. So go out and support them and see a lot of uh, stuff from the Ottawa area especially. Uh, other than that, I think, I think that's it. Uh, if you are into um, YouTube, we are putting our shows on YouTube. It's just the, the audio Right now with our, our regular, this is the yeah, episode. We're pulling the photo. same mood, same move as uh, Joe Rogan. There you go. Yeah. He's got a new contract. He's going to be on YouTube. His Spotify is diversifying. They're going to do advertising and be on YouTube. So we thought, hey, let's do the Joe Rogan thing. We're going to I think YouTube. we beat him to it. <laughs> yeah, we have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so you, you, like I say, some people like to have YouTube up and they just play stuff yeah. that's there and they're not even and, watching it they're just listening and for us we're like we'll put it on we can put it on there and it acts like a like a podcast but it's i think it might be interesting for us to eventually start videoing our interaction and but we've got the face for radio we do we do we do uh, <laughs> well you know we could just put like some sort of mask on or do it in we like a, a hoodie where you can't see your yeah. face or what a balaclava no one will know which ones. <laughs> My balaclava has a big beard hole. <laughs> People don't know which one of us yeah. is which. <laughs> we, we need to. We need to properly build out a, a studio, right? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> well, I guess renovations time. <laughs> yeah, 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 go. yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're doing that. Um, yeah, Spotify is going the way of. They're 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 taking. No, sorry. That one of the management music management companies yep. is now telling take the music of their artists off Spotify. 
Which yes. is totally ticked off because now the artists aren't making all that. I mean, exactly. they're not making yeah. tons off of Spotify anyways, more publicity, but mm-hmm. uh, they're not making anything now from that. I'd be rather annoyed with that. I think. Yeah, that's the music side of it, but the podcast side of it was very successful. When, like, for I was reading up on some of the statistics, for example, Joe Rogan, and he drove a lot of traffic to uh, Spotify, right? So, mm-hmm. and and he he was a bright and shining star for podcasting. So he was like, he's traditionally been in the top or the second from the top uh, uh, of the podcast that people gravitate to and where summer's in the bottom, but you know, we're, we're climbing. Well, you sent me that article about is podcasting dead? Yes. Or dying? And it's really, it, it's hard to say which way it's going. I think one of the things that uh, I think maybe it might be a personal thing, but like everybody and their dog has a podcast. Well, my dog has an Instagram page. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, she does. Athena does have an Instagram page. But it's but like no, everybody's got a yeah. podcast, so it's yeah. kind of overdriven the market. So, but you know, obviously, when there's that many, the the good ones are going to float to the top. Well, they're also what was it they were saying there? Because I said it sounds like we did it right because they were talking about. Um, Doing it yourself and hosting it yourself and maybe not going with the Spotify's and everything is a better way. So the way that we actually have done it seems to be the way they're saying you should do it. Yes. we. So we were doing it right before they said we were doing it right. We've created our own platform. We uh, hosted on our own own server and yada, yada, yada. Kevin's server. (laughs) But uh, yeah, it's – we have gone and maintained this – Independence. Yeah. So it's worked out. So far, so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, eight years next week? Is it? Eight, yeah, like the Yikes. 15th or something like that. Time to quit. Yeah. So I say we do eight ne- next Thursday. Oh. Not this coming Thursday. Not this Thursday. Mm-hmm. Next Thursday, the 15th. Yep. It'll be the eighth anniversary. Is the eighth, an- I'm sure it's the 15th. The eighth <laughs> anniversary of putting up with your crap. Yeah. And your crappy beers. I'll have to. (laughs) I'm just going to say, I'll have to find a nice beer for that episode. (laughs) Gluten free. Gluten free, non alcoholic. (laughs) Kosher. (laughs) Made with grapes. Yeah. (laughs) Dehopified. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we'll check that one out. But yeah, next week may be our eight year anniversary show. Mm -hmm. Already. Holy jumpins. Yikes. We go places. Mm-hmm. Uh, so nothing else? I have nothing else. We're just going to yabber for a little while? Do you think we could just talk nonstop for the next six hours? <laughs> we could. People wouldn't listen, but... How do you know? <laughs> let's just try... Let's just test this. No. <laughs> no. no. I have to work tomorrow. I need to pee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. The dog's going to look at us. It's like 10.30. Is it? Us? <laughs> Still early. Well, all righty then, Derek. <laughs> I want to go home. <laughs> you spoil sport. Hey, one thing that... Uh, that oh, has been, now he wants to talk. No, it just occurred to me. Like, you know, normally, like every winter when we're recording, it's like, hey, we need to switch to Wednesday because there's a big snowstorm. Or, hey, we need to do this Monday because the next two days is going to be a snowstorm. Yeah. We haven't been affected by the weather this year. See? It's been fantastic. And you know what made this change? 
<laughs> the climate. Climate change is real. <laughs> we just proved it. And it's great. <laughs> we just proved climate change. <laughs> Alrighty. <laughs> anyway, on with the show. Uh, if you want to find more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can download or stream our episodes at iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Player FM, and all your fi- uh, favorite podcast downloading sites. Or you can just go to the episode page at paddlingadventuresradio.com and you can download or stream all our episodes there. And as I say, go to YouTube and check that out. Because YouTube, when I put on uh, Bill Mason, Waterwalker, yeah. at work, I'll put that on the background. And I'll listen to it. I won't actually watch it oh, because really? I've watched it enough times. You know what's I happening. I know exactly what's happening in yeah. that movie. But I just listen to it now and I don't actually actually watch YouTube. Yeah. So you can do that with our episodes now. <laughs> uh, if you enjoy the podcast, please share it with your friends, family, and fellow paddlers. I want to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time.